podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. I'm Diane Knox and I'm joined by Steve Elkington or I'm going to call you Elkie and all will be revealed very soon as to why. So this week we have a new course on the PGA Tour and um, well it's the Palmetto Championship at Congaree Golf Club. Elk, it was meant to be the RBC Canadian Open but with Covid and stuff in Canada they found a one-off replacement and this is going to be a gem of a course. I'm looking at it over your shoulder, Diane, and we have a special guest on our show this week that was there from the beginning that actually works at the golf course, and we know all about this course. Look at it, Diane. It looks like Royal Melbourne. They told us as such. They found a piece of sand cap uh, land down in South Carolina, then they put two foot more of sand on top of that. They got the great Tom Fazio to come in and build a course. They, their goal was to build a course, the best course in the last hundred years in America. And it just won an award for the best course indeed that's been built in the last 15 years. So I'm excited. I'm going down there on the weekend. I think you're thinking about coming down there. So I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to find out what it's going to take to play well on this course. Yeah, I'm excited to see it for sure. So, well, this week on the show, we're going to do our usual handicapping. We'll give you our full top 10. We have some sizzlers and some dark horse picks. But, well, we were joined by Bruce Davidson. He's a very special guest, not only because he's one of your really good friends. He's director of golf at Congaree Golf Club and has been involved in the project since day one. And he's also Scottish. So this was us. I mean, we can start to speculate and tell you all about Congaree Golf Club, but who better to hear it from than Bruce Davidson? And Elk, I'll let you introduce your friend because if we want to find out about this golf course, we have got the best person to tell us. We do indeed. Another Scottish person on the show with me today. This is getting overbearing. (laughs) My friend Bruce Davidson's on the show today. Bruce is the... uh, well, Bruce, what are you, the, the uh, what's your official? Uh, director of golf for the Friedkin Group, Elke, but you can call me anything you like. <laughs> Bruce Davids and I have been friends for, let's see, about too long. 35, 40 years. 40, 40 years. Yeah, Bruce was at uh, St. Thomas University when I was at the University of Houston. Then he went and worked for Dick Harmon at River Oaks. And now he had this new project that he went over and built Congaree from the ground up. And we're going to talk to you about it today, Bruce. Uh, I actually haven't been on site. You've been. I'm going to be up there on Sunday evening with you to do an event on Monday. But first of all, why don't you tell us, you know, how this came about and what is it, Congaree? Well, Congaree was the uh, was an upshot of 20 years of John McNeely and I talking about, you know, golf is such a great game, such a great sport where people are philanthropic in nature and give back. And wouldn't it be great if we could end our careers building a course together where it was more than just normal member stuff. And of course, I'm taking an idea like that and and someone needs to have the vision to build upon that idea. And one day I talked to Dan Friedkin about it and he thought, he said, I love the idea, but it's got to be the best golf course built in the last hundred years. So no pressure there. Uh, and then Bob McNair, uh, who passed away sadly a couple of years ago, he heard about it and he went to Dan and said, you can't do this in South Carolina without me. We, we had sort of found this property. So all of a sudden, John and I had these two fantastic businessmen, obviously um, wealthy guys, but more than that, they had vision and, and they basically allowed us to do what they said, which was to create the best experience in golf. So John and I found this property in 2013 uh, we bought it in 2014. That's a royal we, obviously, Mr. McNair, Mr. Freakin. Uh, and we've just spent the last seven years uh, loving this place and, and trying to make it the best golf course. And recently we've been, been uh, lucky enough to be uh, awarded some nice accolades. We just broke into the top 100 in Golf Digest at 39, which is pretty good first time around. Uh, we were voted by the same magazine, the best golf course built in the last 15 years best clubhouse, da-da-da-da-da-da. But what's cool about it, Elke, is you know, uh, we're all golfers. 
you know, we still we maybe can't play anymore. Maybe I probably could never play compared to you, but we love to play. And it's a great course. I mean, it's really, really a great course. And it it sort of reminds me of the Heathland courses of, of Great Britain and some of the Sandbelt courses in, in Australia, which is why I'm dying for you to come down and play it. And it's just a, a meld of interesting golf rules hard. I mean, it's 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 hard, um, but it's a fantastic golf course. And of course, you brought in Tom Fazio to do yep. this golf course, and he was the uh, he was the designer, and you guys yep. were right on his hip the whole time. And what are the players going to see on their first look at Congaree? What you know? What is it? It's a par seventy two. Is it long? Is it narrow? What's give us it's, a style? It's going to be played at a par seventy one. It is a par seventy two. But because of our tees, sort of, we have these back tees that go to 7,800 yards. They're not going to play there. The tours told us, I think, somewhere in the 75 range. Okay. Um, and so, therefore, eight is going to be playing as a par four at about 500 yards instead of a par five at 580. <clears throat> now, for these guys, they hit it so far, it doesn't matter. You know, our generation, you know how far these kids hit it now. It's like they hit their three irons off the tee, 290. Uh, but it's more than that. And uh, I was thinking about this interview last night, and I remember that you and I played together, or we, we, were, we were together at the Seminole Pro Member maybe 15 years ago, and you said something to me that I've never forgotten about Seminole, and you said, best second shot values in golf. And I think we are up there with Seminole and best second shot values in golf, because if you get out of position around the greens, as Claude Harmon used to say, if you get your ambition and your ability all mixed up, you go for a pin that you shouldn't go and you short side yourself, par's hard. Okay. Uh, and you know that. I mean, it's major championship stuff and that's that's what this is. Okay, so, let, I mean, you talk about the fact that you, the Tour want you to play it as a 7,500-yard course. How important is distance going to be off the tee? Is that something that is a big factor? Well, that depends on Mother Nature. Uh, we've pride ourselves fast and firm. I mean, last week I was praying for rain because it was a, it was a dust storm every day. It hadn't rained in like eight weeks. And the last two days it's rained three inches. So our golf course is greened up and the ball's not, and, and I'm not exaggerating. People have come from all over the world and played Cron Congre and said, I've never played a faster golf course. I've putted on the 17th hole from 102 yards short of the green onto the green. Now it's slightly downhill, but the, the, the fairways normally stimp about nine. Now, with the rain, that's going to soften them up a little bit. And I actually think that if we can keep the greens firm and fast and our average daily speed is about 13, I don't know if the tour will let us keep them at that. They might want us to slow down and maybe the rain and the humidity will slow them down a little bit. But I actually think with the rain and if it stops, it'll be a little longer. Uh, and if you have the firm greens and the fairways are a little wetter, I actually think that's harder. Okay. So, um, you know, we've all talked internally about how, what the score will be and to win. I'm not going to say what I think, but uh, I think a really, really good player will win. I, we, we, we tasked Tom Fazio at the beginning. And, you know, we said, Tom, we want the best player to win, the most complete player to win if we ever have a tour event here. Because that was always Mr. Freakin' and Mr. McNair's wishes that we host a big event. This, in fact, is proof of concept for us, I, for I believe, because we, we finished second recently to Medina when they reawarded the 2026 President's Cup, which is pretty good for a fledgling golf course. But second's not good enough for Mr. Freakin. So this is a proof of concept, I think, to the PGA Tour that we can actually handle an event. Um, but when he said, we said to Tom Fazio, so you have to move the ball both ways. You can't just draw it. You can't just fade it. You can't just hit it up in the air. You've got to hit it on the ground. The ground game is important here because there are some pins that if you land it on the green and on the front of the green, you won't, you'll go over the back of the green. It's a real front, front yardage course. When you have fast fairways, it bounces in the fairway. And if you're offline, it can go into trouble. And I'm looking at the pitches behind Diane there, Bruce. You've got a fair bit of sand, mate. And what happens when the ball runs off these fairways? Where does it go? Is it a rough situation or does it go into sort of this uh, backland South Carolina sandy conditions? It's a toss of a coin. So if you hit it in, I mean, the fairways are, are I think the average fairway width felt is 45 yards, which is generous. But like Pine Valley and like some of the, like Muirfield, Scotland, it, it doesn't look that wide sometimes when you're on the tee. You know, it's a kind of a, an illusion. Um but they are fairly generous. 
But if you run off the fairway, you can have a great lie. And I mean, you can have a flat, tight, packed sand lie that you can get a three iron on. Or if you get one of these Tiftons, you get one of these little love grass things, you'll be chipping out. So um, there, the, the tour has gone through and we have, quote unquote, softened it a little bit in those areas so that the guys don't get terrible lies. But if you, if you miss the fairway, you're, it's, not, it's not good. But the, the value to Congaree is the second shot. If you get the ball on the wrong side of the green, for example, you're maybe taking a three putt into a count or some of the par threes if, with the water in front. If you hit it long and the pins on the front, you put it in the water. So, so it's a, it's a, as you said, you know, when I think of, you've told me this a lot about uh, Congaree, like Royal Melbourne, where it is a second shot course. You have to, uh, you're looking up into these Spazio designs, sculptured out, I'm sure. And now you've got to try to get this ball somehow next to the flag. Now we know that tour players have plenty of height. They have plenty of spin. Does it get windy down there too? Or is it, uh, is it, what sort of conditions can the players expect next week? No, it, it, we've looked at the forecast, and unfortunately, the forecast is for pop-up storms most days, 30%, nothing more than that. We hope, I mean, the, the beauty of Congaree is we chose the site because we found about a 300-acre sand belt. So wherever we looked in the trees, there was sand. I mean, I don't know what happened years, hundreds of millions of years ago, but it was sand deposited. So it's, it drains, and then we sand capped it. So we put two feet of sand cap. On, on top of eight feet of sand. So it rained all day yesterday and you could have driven carts on the course yesterday afternoon if you wanted. Um, I think I think what they're going to find with, bless you, I think what they're going to find with the, um, when when they play with the, with the conditions is it will be hot and humid. It'll be about 90 degrees. And of course, we all know that makes the ball grow further. But um, I don't think the fairways are going to run quite as much as they normally do. And the greens might be a tad softer than we normally keep them. So therefore it's probably not going to be as difficult as it would have been. If they'd played two weeks ago, I'd have absolutely guaranteed you that five or six under par would have won for the week. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Depending where they put the pins. Now, if they put 18 middle pins, we can't control that. And the PGA controls the pins. Um, you know, and but if you, you, you you'll see on Monday, Alpha, we play. I mean, if you tucked every pin, you can't finish. I mean, you know, it's like a longer Pine Valley or a longer Seminole. So there you go, part one of our chat with Bruce Davidson, who's director of golf at Congaree Golf Club. They want to do something very special with this golf course. Not only did they want to have a design that was so unique and, you know, get the best designer on the best piece of land to build something very memorable. And and look, let's face it, they've lucked into this particular tournament. South Carolina governor got involved and said, yes, we want this tournament here. We just so happen to have the number one player in the world. Dustin Johnson is from South Carolina. A lot of good stuff. We just saw Kiowa and we're going to see another one with Congaree. But it's a very interesting place. They have a very uh, interesting sort of mission statement that they give a lot back to the community. People that join Congaree will hear more from Bruce about what their mission statement is, but it's, it's everything is great that's coming out of Congaree. So we're handicapping the tournament this week. We're going to get into our picks in a minute, but first of all, let's hear more from Director of Golf, Bruce Davidson at Congaree. So we all know, um, for example, when we look at Augusta on TV, we sort of know how you make a score at Augusta. You've sort of got to get off to a good start, hole number two at Augusta. You've got to get through to the seventh hole. And then when you get to the back nine, of course, you've got these two par fives where a lot of scoring happens. How do you score? How do you make a score on Congaree? Tell us the style or tell us the feel, how you put together a score. Well, I can tell you what I've seen. I've seen two very well-known tour players who came out here and played and I watched them play and one of them was four under after four and one of them was five under after five. And they turned to me and kind of give me the, you know, I thought this was hard. And I said, well, course starts now on six. Okay. So the first, first five holes, they, you know, I think it's important to make a score. You have to be good through the first five holes because this from six through nine are, are now six through nine are hard, you know, and then, and then there's a little bit of respite, 12's a par five, that Adam Scott's favorite hole. It's not long, but it's a small green, so like 4,000 square feet. And then 13 through 18, pretty tricky again. So you, I don't think anybody's going to turn at level par and shoot five under. Okay. 
So what what did those boys finish that got off to such hot start? Were they able to? What's the course record at Congaree currently? Well, we've, we've this is our third year, and so far we've had five guys break seventy from the tips. Wow. And there was one sixty six, which happened to be on a very wet day where the fairways were soft and the greens were soft. So that one gentleman shot sixty nine, and the other guy birdied the last to make par. Wow! That's to awesome. shoot par. Okay. So I'll final. I'll finish with this, Bruce. Uh, Diane and I, you know, we, we spend a fair amount of time on our show working together of, of how, you know, who's going to do well next week. What would be the club in your bag that you would, that you have to have to play well at Congaree or rank them one, you know, is it putting, then driving or iron? Give us the, give us what you have to absolutely have to do well at Congaree. Got to be pin high for sure. That's going to, whoever, like, he's not going to play so I can say his name, but I would pick Bernard Lang around here every week. A guy who doesn't make many mistakes and is pin high. But I think the critical club is the sand iron. And not because you want to grab it every time you miss the green, because you've, we've got options here. You can hit a hybrid, you can putt from off the green, which so most of us do all the time. But if you don't have a good bunker game, you can't get around here. Okay, good tip. What a great couple of weeks, and you must really feel it, you know, for golf in South Carolina with the PGA at Kiowa being such a success and having such an amazing champion. There must be a great buzz about golf in your part of the U.S. Yeah, you know, kudos to the governor of South Carolina, Governor McMaster. We we went to see him when we got the, the nod to try and do the President's Cup, and he was 100% supportive. So when we got a whisper from the tour this time around that there, there might be an opportunity to, to do a COVID event, this wasn't the first one we, we talked about. It, it, it was the Mexican one, and it wasn't the right time. And the tour made the right decision in going to Florida because we had a very cold, wet winter here, and it wouldn't have been pleasant for the guys to play in February. But when we got the whisper, we went directly to Governor McMaster and had a meeting with him up in the uh, – in the government buildings up there in Columbia and said, you know, we can do this, but we, we, we'd love to do this in partnership with the state of South Carolina. And it was a two second. He said, we are in. And so, you know, he had the foresight to see what this could do um, for the state. There are so many golf courses here, Dad, so many golf courses in South Carolina, really good ones too. We like to think this one is, is, is the best one, you know, this in Kiowa. Um, and I really, I'm excited for the world to see our golf course, um, and to hear our mission, which is really, we haven't talked about that today, but we're a philanthropic club. And the whole purpose of the club is to raise money for kids who are, uh, underprivileged or well-deserving and not only who play golf, but in the, in the local community, we've made a big difference in things that we've done, um, bought, bought nine hole golf courses. We had no kids at, at the high school playing golf. We've got 250 kids playing golf now. And um, it's really a good story. And if anybody's watching this podcast, then you ought to Google Congaree and see what it's about. Because for Dan Friedkin and Bob McNair to have the vision to do this, is, is it's been an unbelievable project to be part of. Oh, that's amazing. That's so good to hear. Well, yeah, it is amazing. You and I have talked about this project for years. And I'm looking forward to being with you on Sunday to watch the finish of this exciting event. All the tour players on tour, I was speaking to a bunch of them at the Colonial last week. They're all excited. They've only seen the pictures and we're looking at Diane behind her there. A lot of sand. We're really looking forward to it. I talked to Ian Poulter last night and he's excited. And, you know, a lot of really good players are playing. Obviously, we got Dustin Johnson to commit early, which was terrific um, for our event because he is a South Carolinian, as everyone knows. Brooks Kepka's committed. Uh, I hear Webb Simpson may waiting on him. But, but, but Kevin Kisner, look at the strength of the field. For a, we, had, we had 72 days. I mean, 72, yeah. we had 72 days. There's a reason you get a year, and we had 72 days. So whatever happens, I think it's going to be great. Amazing. Well, Bruce, mate, well, thank you for your time this morning. I know you've been busy. I know you're uh, frazzled, but I'll buy you a beer Sunday, mate. We'll That's just, good. That would be a first. And we'll, <laughs> and we'll sit down and watch the boys come in on 18 and see what kind you of got a deal, mate. You got a deal. So, well, I think we um, get a bit of an idea of what the guys have in store this week when Bruce tells us, Elk, that only five people have broken 70 from the tips in three years. Yes, it's very exciting to think about how the tour is going to set up this golf course, Diane. 
the the idea when they built it was to get a sort of a, a Royal Melbourne feel and Royal Melbourne gets tossed around a lot. Yeah. And the reason it does is because it's so iconic. It, it's, it asks the players to do so much. And Bruce basically flat out said, Elk, the first five holes of this course are pretty easy, but from then on, you better put your seatbelt on and it better be a double strap. Uh, as you said, only three or four guys have broken 70 there. One of those players uh, we know very well, Adam Scott, three under through four. Another player was four under through four. And this is a second-shot golf course. And what we mean by that is Bruce said, look, you have to be pin high on this golf course. Think, Diane, of the sixth hole at Augusta, the par three with the pin up on top of the shelf on the piano pin on Sunday. And you're way over here. You can't hardly two putt. And this is this is what Royal Melbourne uh, does, Diane. They've got little corners that wrap around all the sand. If you're not in position off the tee, you can't get into those spots. If you're in the rough, you hit it 50 feet over to the side and you can't two putt. So as we start to break down the field here, Diane, it's become very simple to us. We're of the statistics that we're looking at. We're looking at guys that can hit their irons. We're looking at guys can play bunker game, greens in reg, how accurate they are from 150 to 175 yards. Yeah, that was very telling when you asked Bruce, you know, what's the one club that you're going to rely on this week? And he said, well, your sand wedge, you know, what you're going to be playing from those bunkers. So that's if the guys end up in the bunkers in the first place. But we're going to get into our re-ranked top 10. Now, the field is kind of interesting this week and we never want to say it's like a, a lesser field, but there are you know, a couple of massive names that are really going to be the, the stars of the show that, you know, of course are going to be in our top 10. And one of them is Bang at the top. He's probably one of the most talked about golfers in the world right now, whether that be for good or bad reason. But Brooks Kepka is our number one this week. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about Brooks Kepka, I start to think about two things. One is, is he over the injuries? Yes, he didn't quite finish off the PGA, but it felt like the script was already written with Phil Mickelson at 50 years old, completing that chapter of his book. But Brooks Kepka plays with the most um, obvious chip on his shoulder of anyone that's ever played the golf that we can remember. He plays mad and he's very good at it. And of course, he's, you know, this week we're talking about can he hit it pin high? I think so. Yeah. Uh, he does get a little loose off the tee, but this golf course, Brooks is a very strategic player. He will have one eye on San Diego coming up, so there'll be a lot of focus this week for Brooks Gepka. He's a good bunker player. He ranks number two on the tour in bunker play. So, yes, he sits on top. His numbers are really good. Um, you know, we're talking about 35th greens in regulation, 15th in putting average. His high number is driving accuracy, 169th off the tee. But as we have heard from Bruce and as we're really reinforcing, this is a second shot golf course. I'm looking he at might not hit the driver here, Diane. He might. It's a very fast course. And when the course gets very fast, meaning it's firm, people may say, oh, well, it's going to play really short. But yes, it will play really short, but it also plays really short into trouble. When you have fast fairways, the ball runs. If you pull it off the tee or push it, it runs off into the sand that's behind you there. I can see everywhere. So he may lay up this week and this that could work right into his hands. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Kepka is at number one. Number two is Justin Johnson. I mean, we're getting these two names out of the way right away. DJ is from South Carolina. There's been a lot made of him playing in this tournament. So we have him at number two. Him and Kepka both eight to one this week. I think it's time for DJ to come off this small hiatus he's been on. He's been down in the dumps, maybe not mentally or physically, he just hasn't been with it on the tour. Yeah. Is this the week that he's going to uh, get motivated again? He's been playing very lackluster golf, missed the cut in the Masters, didn't play good in the PGA. He's just been sort of on a holiday break. We've seen him uh, at the beach. So, And this is absolutely 100% normal, by the way, uh, but we're waiting for him to pull back out. We know how much next week, He'll be focused on that. So, yeah, I think he's got every, all his attention will be back this week. Okay, then. So, Kepka one, DJ two. Number three, Justin Johnson. 
DJ at two. Coming in at number three, it's an Englishman, Terrell Hatton. Now, Hatton got off to a really hot start, I guess, at the beginning of the year and had won over in Europe, came over here and, you know, had a lot of great top 10 finishes. Since then, I mean, um, he had a top 10 at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, but you know, kind of dipped compared to the standard that we saw at the start of the year. But this could be a great week for Hatton to really come back out and get that prep in for the US Open. Yeah, Hatton's a true worldwide player. He's won in Dubai and different places. He's been to Australia. He's he's seen this look. I was texting with a few of my, my players, Pat Perez and a couple of others, have never seen this kind of golf course, never been to Australia, never played courses that are quite like Congaree, Hatton has, and this won't be anything real new for him. Sometimes on a course like this, you have to be happy hitting the ball 25 feet left of the flag, knowing that if you hit it at the flag and go over, you might make a double bogey. So it takes a sort of a, a bit of experience, although we know nobody more, maybe one player has a little experience on this golf course we'll talk about later, but you have to know how to play this style of golf. Yeah, that's a really valid point about Hatton. Um, this is a new course for all the guys, and we know that some will have played it, of course, and we will talk about more of them that we know of, but um, you're right with the experience. That's something that I hadn't really thought about. So Hatton in at number three, and he's 16 to one. Coming in at number four, Sungjae M. He's 20 to one, and I was just looking at Sungjae's finishes this season. Three top tens, that second place finish at the Masters um, you know Sanjay M I think at 20 to 1 those are pretty good odds for you know what he could do this week Sanjay M has a beautiful tempo in his swing Diane of course we know he's known for being a sort of a machine when it comes to hitting iron shots it's no surprise and all the handicappers this week I don't know if they're thinking like we are but we have some inside knowledge with Bruce Davidson's help but we're looking for guys that can hit the ball pin high yeah we want guys that can two-putt from there. And so, Sanjay M, our list from here down is stacked with the best iron players on this tour, the best bunker players on this tour, the best guys on proximity to the hole from 150 to 175 yards. I'm putting all my bank into guys that hit irons pin high this week. Yes. This is what I love about our show this week as well is that, you know, I did say at the start that the field isn't stacked. That's probably the most diplomatic way to put it. A lot of people are just going to go by the names, but we have a lot of, um, you know, maybe undercover names, guys that we've really picked out that have made big jumps up. And it's really because of those golden stats that we know are going to be important. And the guy that comes in at number five is one of them because he is, you know, he's not an unknown by any means. But this number that he has for greens in regulation is the one that's really boosting him up this week. And you've been watching him for a while. Matthew Neesmith, he's fifth on the tour for greens in reg right now. I had lunch with Matthew at the Colonial uh, last week and we talked about a lot of things. And, you know, he's a young guy on tour. He so, has so much energy. He's so excited. If you just hung around him, you'd be so excited to go watch him play because he's just loves everything about the tour. And then he made a cardinal mistake at the Colony. He changed his driver the night before the first round, and then he drove it terrible. But, Diane, it's not very often you see other tour players go to a guy and watch him hit iron shots. This guy already, hardly anyone on this show knows uh, Matthew Neesmith, but everyone on tour comes to watch him how crisply he hits these iron shots. So, and he's proves it with his statistics. You just mentioned them. So why would I think that that would work around Congaree? Because that is the name of the game at Congaree. It's all about hitting iron shots. Okay. And he's had a couple of weeks to work out that new driver, which hopefully he has. No, I want him to go back to the old one. Yeah, well, even better. And another good point about Matthew Neesmith is he's a South Carolina guy. He was born in South Carolina. He still lives there now with his wife. So this to him is a real home event. And hopefully he's got the game all figured out that he can go out there and really put on a performance. You talked already about this field is not very strong when it comes to the world rankings. And on tour, we used to say this is an opportunity week and it's an opportunity for a lot of reasons. One, if you're down the money list, we have a couple of players that are motivated coming up that are, that need to have good weeks. This is the week for it. You've got other guys that are way out of the money 
this is the week to have a week. So we may say it's a weak field, but the tour players are looking at an opportunity. Well, they should be looking at this is an opportunity for me to win some money. And this is a full field event when it comes to points and money and exemptions. So a lot to play for. Right, that's our re-ranked top five this week for the Palmetto Championship. Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Terrell Hatton, Sung JM and Matthew Neesmith. We'll give you the rest of the 10, our sizzlers and our dark horses next. Play Money Grabber on the SG Tour. Instead of strokes, it's all about the cash. You pick a team of four players, one from each tier, and scoring is based on the money that your team wins. Your guys missed the cut? No problem, you're still in the game. The SG Tour Golf Gaming App, available on iOS in the App Store. It's a new stop on the PGA Tour this week. It's a one-off stop, but we're going to see this amazing course in Congaree Golf Club, the Palmetto Championship, and it's in South Carolina. I'm Diane Knox, and Steve Elgington is here. We had your dear friend, Bruce Davidson, on, fellow Scot. You were royally outnumbered when it came to the Scots, which I love. I've known Bruce for 40 years. We both came to Houston in 1982 to play college golf. He was at a small school called St. Thomas University, and I was at, of course, University of Houston. We were a powerhouse team. We won, you know, we won just just so, so you know we were a powerhouse. We won three national championships when I was there with Billy Ray Brown. And our coach, Diane, used to send us over to St. Thomas and to warm up on Bruce's team. And Bruce always finished up having to play me. And I was a bit of a gun, Diane, coming out of Australia. And I remember Bruce telling me years later, he goes, I called my dad on the phone and I said, Dad, I am going to be going into the club business because I got a guy over here that beats me so bad that he says, I don't even want to play golf after I play with this kid from University of Houston from Australia. But uh, Bruce and I have been friends for so long. He has a great pedigree. He um, has done a lot for junior golf in Scotland. He worked for Dick Harmon, the famous uh one of the brothers who's now passed away at River Oaks Golf Club. And now he's built what's behind you at Congaree and incredible. And now he's hosting a tour event. So good for Bruce. You're actually an honorary, honorary member of Congaree and you're going to play it for the first time next week on Monday after the tournament's over. Um, so that it'll be great after we've talked about it so much to get your perspective on it from that side. I can't wait. I might play one set of tees up than those ones. <laughs> we don't need to tell anyone that. It's fine. Okay, right. We're working our way through our re-ranked top 10. We're on to number six and it's another Englishman, Matthew Fitzpatrick. We talked about Terrell Hatton having the experience of playing all over the world and Fitzpatrick falls into that category as well. He finished top five at the RBC Heritage not long ago, top 10 at the Players' Championship and it's going to be good to see Fitzpatrick take on Congaree. Yeah, here's another guy. As you said, he's from England. He's played all over the world. He has a lot of experience. But, you know, Fitzpatrick always shows up when you got to hit it straight and you don't have to hit it that far. I mean, I've seen him play well at Bay Hill, Players' Championship. And to me, Diane, I'm looking for guys that are, you know, straight hitters, good putters, pretty relaxed, calm, not in the trees, not in the sand. Just And Fitzpatrick's game is just tailor-made for that look. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talk about all the characteristics of Congaree and how it's all about that second shot. You compare it to a course almost like it's hard to compare right now because we haven't seen it. But, you know, RBC Heritage, Hilton Head, that course being a, a shorter course with the importance of the second shot. And we just said he finished tied for fourth. Yeah. And even if you were watching, lucky enough, I was watching the women's uh, US Open yesterday at Olympic Club, the last hole is a very short par four, only 350 yards. And, you know, the girls, if they miss that fairway on 18 with a front pin, they actually couldn't do anything with the ball. They would finish up 40, 50 feet behind the flag. We're going to see a lot of that this week at Congaree. If you get slightly out of position, Diane, the way the course is designed, the way that I haven't played it, but I've seen the layout and I've talked to Bruce enough to know that you cannot get near the flag because of these, the way it's sculptured and pushed up areas where they'll put the flags totally protected from bunkers and you just can't get in there unless you've got the ball with some height and spin to play the pin high shot. 
Okay, he is accurate. He's a great putter as well. So could be a recipe for success for Fitzpatrick. At number seven, now I did say we had some guys in our top 10 and with our sizzlers. There are names that are going to be a little bit off the radar. High odds, and this is definitely one of them. But my gosh, his numbers are good and he jumped all the way up. To number seven, Bryce Garnett is 125 to one. Um, accuracy of the tee, he's sixth, 21st in sand saves, 31st at greens in regulation. These are all good numbers for Congaree. Yeah, and the next stat that you didn't mention is 125th on the FedEx Cup, and they take 125 people next year, lucky enough to play on the tour again. And could you imagine being Bryce thinking about how good he hits the ball and he's kicked his toe here and there all around the tour. But now he gets to come to a golf course, Diane, that really plays into his hands. And look, he needs a good week. And where else would he want to have it except right here? Because it plays right into his category statistics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good one. That's good reasoning for sure. So Bryce Garnett at number seven. Coming in at number eight, a guy that lives just down the road from the course. He's in Sea Island, Georgia, which is, of course, not far away. Harris English. We know that it was a completely hot start to 2021 with English getting that win at the Century Tournament of Champions and kind of cooled down after that. But this course is going to suit his game. Yeah, he's from this part of the country. He's one of the best players in this field. He's been slightly off form most of the spring and he has to be looking ahead a little bit to the US Open and getting his game in shape. And I just think Harris English will feel comfortable in this side of the country. Not that he isn't anywhere else, but Kapalua is a very sandy place where he won. You know, it's it's a, it's funny how um, you watch these players, Diane, you know, ebb and flow. And it is time for Harris English to, you know, he's he's so good. And I don't really know what's been holding him back, but Congaree will certainly motivate him. It requires a lot from the player, straight driving, pin high golf. You'll be very aware once you get out on this golf course that if you start hitting it sideways, you're not going to be able to play the course. Okay, so Harris English at eight. At number nine, this is one of the best golf stories so far of the year. Um, and it's also tinged with sadness as well. But first of all, Brandon Grace is our number nine pick. He's 28 to one. Those are crazy odds when you think about what he would have been a year before. But since then, well, he won the Puerto Rico Open. He finished solo fifth at the weekend at Memorial. Um, I talk about the sadness. His father passed away from COVID a month before he won in Puerto Rico. But this upturn in his game is amazing to see. Yeah, it's an upturn in his game or he had a dip a year ago that this is kind of where we think of Brandon Grace. And I'm riding this wave, Diane. You know, he has a lot of experience. He's South African. He's played a lot of golf courses that look like this around the world in South Africa. He's been to Australia. I've seen him there. This will be no surprise to see Congaree. This will spur him on even more. He played great at Jack's tournament. We know he's playing well. What does he do well? He hits it straight and he's a good putter and he's smart and he thinks good and he's a world-class player and that's why he's sitting where he is. He had an amazing putt on Sunday at Memorial on 18 to take solo fifth place. So, and it's just, um, you know me, I pick with my heart. This is a real heart pick. However, it's not just a heart pick because this guy... His numbers back it up, along with the way that he's been playing of late. So Brandon Grace coming in at number nine. And then at 10, <laughs> we have Ian Poulter. Now, Bruce Davidson had mentioned Poulter in that they've been talking a lot. And um, I'm sure Poulter's played the course. He's been picking Bruce's brain anyway. But we saw Ian have a great weekend at Colonial and went super low on Saturday. Huge climb up the leaderboard. So we have him in at number 10 this week. Probably the best putter under pressure that I've ever seen for the last, you know, 20 years in golf. We see it a lot in Ryder Cup. He won here at the Houston Open. He putted the lights out, but he putted the lights out last week at Colonial. Two 40-footers, the last two holes, to just get right into the thick of it getting those points for the Ryder Cup. Does anyone actually believe that Ian Poulter will not be at Whistling Straits with Patrick Harrington? And when I think about why he's our number 10 this week, you just mentioned it. He's talking to Bruce Davidson. 
He knows this golf course. He's already, he's switched on. And so much we talked already about Dustin Johnson's been switched off. Mm-hmm. And when you start to think about players, where their attention span is, we see that Poulter's focused. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised at anything that Ian Poulter does when it, when it gets to a course where you've got to have to putt. Yeah, exactly. 33 to 1 this week. So that's our full top 10. We have Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Terrell Hatton, Sungjae Im, Matthew Neesmith, Matt Fitzpatrick, Bryce Garnett, Harris English, Brandon Grace and Ian Poulter. Fabulous mix of names this week in the top 10. And we're going to give you our sizzlers next on the Tour Report. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current World Golf Rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. We've got some sizzlers this week for the Palmetto Championship at Congaree on Archer Report. I'm Diane Knox and Elki is here. I love that Bruce Davidson called you Elki. <laughs> I think well, I've been called a lot of names. Elki's been one of them. It's not that surprising. Uh, it's just, just surprising to you. I get that called a lot here in Texas. <laughs> That's going to be my new favorite name for you. Okay, so sizzlers are guys with higher odds who made big jumps up in our re-ranking this week. And as we've said, you know, the strength of field is, well, not what the likes of the Memorial was the week before, but we have got some really interesting names in the mix. And we're going to start with Russell Knox, (laughs) my little brother. and I'll well, I'll let you go for this a little bit more than me. But what I will say is the three guys that we're mentioning, there's a real common denominator in that GIR number. Yeah, we're not picking Russell because he's your brother. We're picking Russell because he's in the top 15 in greens and reg on all the tour. And he's in the top. What is he? What is he in? Proximity to the hole from 150 to 175 yards. Where he is? is 15th. 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 for greens and reg. So when you think about Russell Knox, he's a medium range hitter at best. He's at the tippy top of the tour with iron play. And we already know at Congaree, that is the key component to get to play this, to unlock a score at Congaree. You've got to be pin high. I'm all over this pick just because he's your brother. I don't care. I'm all over Russell Knox. You just don't want to jinx him. I know how you think. I know. But yeah, I'm all over Russell Knox. I'll be all over it anyway with those two stats. Okay, that's good. I'm happy that you are. Um, coming in, and, and by the way, he um, you know, didn't do the US Open qualifier, so he came home, he got to see his dog. He had a little bit of chill time before making the drive up to Congaree. So nice little refresh. The dogs are amazing for that, aren't they? Right, our second sizzler. We've picked this guy a lot, actually, um, over the last couple of months. And then he did take a little dip, but Henrik Norlander looking for his first win on the PGA Tour. And again, that greens and reg number is high for him. Yeah, Norlander has pops up on our radar, Casey. Very good iron player, very strong hitter of the ball. It's down hard on the ball, gets a lot of spin on it. I think if Norlander can get himself a game plan at Congaree, Diane, I really like this pick a lot. Uh, I'm like, you know, I just said why I like it. A lot of spin, high ball flight. Hits his irons like Brooks Kepka. Very powerful. A lot of control on him. So, yeah, this is going to work well for him. Um, Norlander is 150 to 1. I should say Russell is 60 to 1. But um, he's 87th in the FedEx Cup ranking. So he has a good number. And it's the, you know, we are in that time of year when we're starting to think about it. Top 125, then it goes to the top 70. So do you think someone like Norlander has that number in mind? Norlander will be, because he's sitting at 87th right now, he'll be eyeing the point table on what it is to get into the top 30 uh, to be in the FedEx playoffs and where the big money lies. So he's only really one super week away from that, and he's got to be looking at this as a weak field for him. He's got to be looking at it as this is a good set of circumstances for his game, and that's how I'd be thinking about it. 
Okay. So Henrik Norlander and our third sizzler is another Aussie. <laughs> we have a Scot, an Aussie and a Swede as our sizzlers this week. Cameron Percy at 200 to 1. And when you look at the greens and regs stat, which we keep banging on about, but it is going to be vital this week. He's second on the whole PGA Tour. Yeah, and he's, grow, he's grown up in Australia. And exactly the look behind you on every course down in Melbourne. Cameron will be able to handle this no problem. He's a great striker of the ball. His strength is his iron game, and he'll feel right at home. I mean, I wish there was more Aussies that I could pick this week because this is the kind of golf that we're good at, and I think he's a sensational sizzler pick this week. All right. Well, you've convinced me for sure. So our three sizzlers are Russell Knox, Henrik Norlander and Cameron Percy. Elk, before you go, if I were to ask you for a dark horse pick this week, because we have thrown some really great high odd names into our tour report. Do you have any super high odds for the dark horse? Yes, I do. I'm glad you asked another South Carolina boy named Mark Anderson. Mm. who is 190th in the FedEx, very motivated at home this week, but two very important stats that he holds. He's in the top 16 in greens and reg, and he's in about the top 15 in 150 to 175 yard proximity to the hole. So when you think about that, it's almost like similar to your brother. And when you go to a golf course like this, not everybody can not everybody can hit the corners of these greens, Diane. And if, if you're just if you're on the top of the tour, this is the week to do it because this is the this is where these greens become, you know, off shaped jelly beans with a piece over here on the side that you've got to get to, and another one that runs away from you and and guys that are good iron players they know how to get that ball on the green and he's proven that he's got the stats and he needs to get better than 190th he needs to be in the top 125 so this is the week for him okay and you know when we throw out these names there's a lot of value in a, a top 20 finish a top 10 finish i mean mark anderson is 400 to 1 so you've picked a great true dark horse which i'm all for I love Mark Anderson at 400 to 1. I'm going out and doing it right now. Okay, excellent. Right, Elk, thank you very much. I will hopefully catch you up at Congaree at the weekend. Um, we'll take a picture and we can get it on social. You're playing it next week, so we'll talk more about that too. I may even invite you up onto the members' veranda at Congaree. Gosh, wow. <laughs> I'll buy you a drink if you do. <laughs> no, I'll buy you one. Okay, even better deal. <laughs> Well, we're on to the dark horses this week for the Palmetto Championship and Jay Kaplan is here. Don't get me started on what you're trying to disguise in the background. Um, I mean, nobody knows where you are, what you're doing. You're losing your voice again. I mean, are you... <laughs> I'm lost for words. Cappy. Diane, it is great to be in the free world. I know it looks like I'm in solitary confinement. Uh, my voice, you would think I was yelling for help constantly to try to get out of this room that I'm in. But I promise you, I'm okay. This is what I get when I go on vacation and everybody gets mad at me and then I come back and I'm forced to sit in a room by myself for like weeks. Oh, I mean, you could have put a nice golf course behind you or anything instead it looks like you're on friggin dateline trying to disguise your shenanigans but that's okay we know that you're a decent human being what you get up to in your own time is completely up to you <laughs> so what we care about is your dark horse picks last week carlos ortiz worked out pretty good i mean top 20 finish and you know 125 to 1 or 140 to 1 so his odds were good and we did say that there was value in maybe a top 20 finish yeah you know last week we talked about him and you and Al both were like no chance stay away he's poison and I said usually when the consensus is that I'll go the other way I'm going to do that this week, too, but I do want to commend uh, Carlos on a good finish. Sunday, he leaked oil. He, he actually started Sunday's round T6 
going into Sunday and, and shot a three over. I forgive you, Carlos, top 20 when everybody's doubting you and your game is good. And Brian Streelman, he made the cut too. So I think, I feel like I was two for two. Did I say that right? Brendan Steele. Yeah, I was like, Brian Streelman. <laughs> See, I told you, there's, there's something going on. No, we're just leaving it. We're, we're rolling with oh, it. God. If you're going to blur your background out, then we're going to roll <laughs> with your little... I deserve it. Brendan Steele, Remington Steele, whatever your name is, well done, bro. Right, well, this week, as we've been talking about, it's Congaree Golf Club. It's a very sandy course. We know that that's going to be key. We know that second shot is going to be really the, the pivotal one when it comes to navigating around this sandy course. So I'm intrigued as to who your dark horse picks are. Do you, I mean, you have two. I technically have two actually because Elk threw me another one that he wants me to mention. So let's go turn about, you start. I love it when you and Elk team up against me. I, I actually find it very motivating. <laughs> Just like last week, you teamed up against me and now I'm fired up for this week. So. South Carolina is clearly the golf capital of the world in the last month. We were at Kiwa uh, a couple weeks ago. Now we're at this new club that was built by billionaires uh, in a very philanthropical, philanthropic way. Great layout. It's a phasia layout. Nobody's got any advantage here, really, because we just don't know. So I kind of looked at stats and when the chart was spit out with numbers, I was like, all right, who's got the Decent odds that's way up there. So my first guy has absolutely no business being a dark horse pick. So I'm going to throw out my warning now. I've actually used him before, but here's my logic and follow me on this. He's missed seven of his last eight cuts. He's a terrible player right now. But what that means as a tour player is something's got to give. And when you have a a course that nobody knows, I feel like that brings everybody back to the pack. So if this guy can actually get off to a decent start, he's got a chance. We just needed to make a cut and get to the weekend. But if you look across the board, Diane, all his numbers are green. I can't figure out, unless it's injury, why this guy's really struggling. My first dark horse pick, and this is a deep, dark pick, Kind of emblematic of the room that I'm sitting in, just dark. My first dark horse pick is James Hahn. Well, James Hahn, he, looking at his season so far, it's definitely a tale of two halves because he has had four top 10 finishes. And Vegas, he was tied for fifth. He's been really in contention on a couple of Sundays. Well, four, if he's had four top tens, if you think about it that way. But then you talk about those miscuts of late. He's 150 to one. And I know the numbers that you're really going big on. That greens and regs stat, he's 23rd on the tour. And the approach from 150 to 175, 32nd. And... I mean, accuracy of the tee, he's 37th. So we, we know that we've got that. We're not, as you say, there's still so much unknown about this course. And we're not entirely sure if it's going to be like a bomber's paradise out there and how often these guys are going to be pulling driver. It's not going to be an issue for James Han. He's not one of the longest hitters on tour anyway, but the accuracy stats are really key and they're good. So this, we talk about the turnaround week and it's very cliche, but at 150 to one, there could be value in Han for a top 20, top 15, top 10 even. I'm just banking the fact I'm going on a purely scientific guess here because his numbers fit out right. Uh, again, he could be injured. Nobody really knows what's wrong with him except for him. He's a very close to the vest kind of guy. So I'm going to trust that he's going to turn the corner this week and feel like this is a chance for me to get right at a course that's going to even out the competition. Okay, so James Han at 150 to one. My first dark horse pick is 125 to one. So my odds are still in that dark horse realm. This guy's not playing good. We've um, we've talked about him at length. He's part of the Secret Golf team, and he won at the Wyndham. Is it the Wyndham? Yeah. Yeah. And he won the Wyndham Championship in 2019 for his first victory. 
He just qualified at the start of the week to get into the US Open, played really well. He's one of these guys that I feel he gets off to a good start and then just can blow up. He's really good on the greens and the putter saves him a lot. So kind of banking on that. But the main thing for my JT Poston pick this week is the fact that his long-term coach, John McNeely, is one of the directors of golf at Congaree. Now, we know that this course is only three years old and JT Poston has played it a lot. His coach is based there. JT's from North Carolina, lives in St. Simons Island, so he's been there a lot. He's going to have that experience of not only playing it, but his coach's guidance, who probably knows it better than most. So at 125 to 1, with that inside knowledge and a bit of experience, I'm going for JT Poston. Interesting pick. Well, unless his coach can hit his tee ball, I'm not so sure about it. That's his Achilles. He can't get off the tee to even get to the green. So I'll be see. I'm curious to see if your logic will hold up this week. But I'm a big fan of Poston, and you're right. His putter is just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is, and he, he it saves him. We just need him to be a little bit more accurate. Sand saves his numbers pretty good as well, and we know that that's going to be an important stat this week. So fingers crossed at one twenty-five to one. Okay, who's your second guy? So my second guy is also a gentleman that qualified for the U.S. Open, which means he's coming off a good Monday. So I'm counting on that. My big feature with this guy is his T-ball. That's our top stat this week. And he ranks, in my book, a very thrilling number two on the entire PGA Tour with his driving accuracy. And he plays nonstop golf. I think he's played in every event since 1893. He is a guy that lives and breathes everything on the PGA Tour. He can tell you the best restaurants, where to go, where not to go, the right turns, the left turns. But what I like about this guy is he can sneak. He's definitely a cut maker. He can sneak in. And then if he can just stay and play, he's got a chance. My second dark horse pick is a guy that I've used before. I'm going to use him again. I trust him. He and I have clearly have a great rapport, Diane. It's Brian Stewart. There's nothing more certain in golf than Brian Stewart making the US Open through the qualifier. I mean, he does it every single year. He didn't get into Memorial, so he did have a week off and then did the qualifier and made it. So he's got Tory Pines to look forward to next week. And that that accuracy off the tee stat is amazing. So he's a bit of a stalwart on the PGA Tour. He's got one win under his belt and it came a long time ago. But Brian Stewart at 125 to 1, I think he's a solid bet for the cut. And if we talk about the SG Tour golf gaming app, you want four guys to make the cut. I think he's a good four ball teammate in that sense too. That's a great point. He's going to be in the C or D flight. Uh, in your group and again if you have a guy that misses the cut you're doomed unless everybody that you're playing with in your competition through the app misses a cut because those 10 extra strokes every day is just the death mm-hmm. knell when you're trying to win and earn a little bit of cash and then I only ever pick one but after Elk Elk picked a dark horse this week in Mark Anderson which I love at 400 to 1 he just threw it out there so <laughs> That's cool. Um, But he did have this other guy. However, I said a 75 to 1 dark horse does not really meet the criteria. Yeah. Um, And that's Luke List. Now, he's been kind of tracking Luke List's performances over the past couple of months. And Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow, he finished, I think it was in a tie for sixth. He played really good. He had a chance to win it. But... Elk just threw this name out to me, Luke List. I said, looking at his numbers, I really can't see any reason why he's picking him. Um, his best stat by a mile is greens and reg 48th. Um, everything else is red. So, yeah, we'll see. There, I'm putting, I'll give Elk the credit for it. But at 75 to 1, I was like, we're not talking dark horse realm here. Elk, you know... I'm speaking on behalf of my mate, Diane, and myself. 
First of all, Diane, 75 to one earns one of your signature eye rolls. So could you at least skip? There we go. So we always leave the strategy, the detail, the way to play a golf course to the professional, and that's elk. But elk, in this case, leave the dark horse to the professionals, would you? First of all, anything under 100 to one is not a dark horse. I don't care how well or, or poor the guy's playing. So I'm going to just give it to you this week, elk. You can have it because there's no way this guy's going to make the cut. All right, you put the bad mojo on him by, by including him in the dark horse. And then clearly he knows Mark Anderson and probably played somewhere with him. That's what usually Alex like, I played with this guy at champions last week and I liked him. He was funny, not really golf related. I just kind of liked the guy. So he goes with his heart, kind of the Diane Knox school. Of dark, dark A little bit. Fans. And he did go with Ricky Fowler last week, which, you know, paid off. Yep. Okay, great. Well, excited to see Congaree. Don't really know what to expect. I think um, because of the strength of field, we're almost subconsciously linking it in with the likes of the Punta Cana event and the Bermuda event. And I think that it's going to be the opposite. I think it's going to be hard and a real challenge. And I think I, I don't think it's going to be as Kiowa played at the PGA a couple of weeks ago, but with all the sand, I think we're going to see a lot of similarity as to what we saw there. And it's going to be a key part of the game. So we're excited to watch it, see how our picks get on. And then we are building up towards another major next week. I can't believe it's come around already, but the US Open at Tory Pines, and we will be back with our tour report. Podcast Network.